All right. But let's go give you my subject. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to give you my subject. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm just going to go down to uh, verse 16, 17, 18. Those are the three verses that I'm on right now. I'm going to come to your camera over here. So glad to see our, our young people uh, help us out in our tape ministry. I know we have our children's church open today if you've got little, little ones, okay, up to six years old. All right, but anyway, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16 says, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. That's what you got to understand. In Christ, you know no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. So in the body of Christ, you know nobody after the flesh. Now, this is very important why I'm going to say this, okay? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, now that's what we talked about this morning, the first part, to show you that you are in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. So you do not become a new creation until you are in Christ and Christ is in you. All right? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, and we showed you that in Galatians 3.28 last week. Old things is in Christ. They are neither male, female, bond, or free, Jew or Gentile. So you lose your nationality, you lose your identity naturally once you come in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Our ministry is to make sure we get reconciled people to God. So how are you going to do that if you don't know how to minister the word? All right, so we're going to talk about today, uh, uh, this is tape number 54. And this is... How God created the body of Christ. How God created the body of Christ. And this is awesome. As many members as you see, I want to show you how God did it. How he created the body of Christ. Now that's why you must understand the two tapes on the two resurrections. Because those two resurrections was a resurrection, watch this, of their own body. The resurrection of Christ is a resurrection of Christ's body. So what's been happening is, and what people are waiting to happen, is a resurrection of our body. And see, we are risen with Christ, and we are risen in Christ. But see, that's what, that's what the mix-up is, and that's what the misunderstanding is. People are waiting for the Lord to come to raise the dead and to raise us in our, our body. See, that's, that's the, that is the Old Testament, and that's why you got to get those two resurrections. All right, I'm gonna, I'll be hitting on those as I go along. All right, because now there's only one resurrection in Christ. All right, now let's go to work. Uh, how God created the body of Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a what? He's a new creation. All right, so you have to understand that he's a new creation. Now let me go and show you that. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 617. You are in 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 617. So we have to understand uh, what happened. What happened? You lost your identity. It's all about Christ now. Now, how do I know? Because I do a lot of weddings. And when you do a wedding, what happens to the woman? Think about, think about what I just said. If you listen to me closely, when a woman gets married, what happens? She loses. Her identity, that's what you got. You got to understand what I'm saying. That's what happened once you're in Christ. You're losing your identity. It's not about him no, or you no more. It's about him. You lose your identity. You lose your last name. See, you're losing your identity. Uh, your identity is in your husband. So when people say Mr. and Mrs. Jaton Williams, that's how they would address her. Mr. and Mrs. David Williams. What happened to Jaton? Mr. and Mrs. David Williams. How many understand what I mean? You, you lose your identity in Christ. You become what? Now watch what 1 Corinthians 6, 17, and then I'm going to go over and show you Ephesians chapter 5. I'm headed to my message because I want to show you how God created the body of Christ. All right? Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, coming back to your camera. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. 
but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. So what happened when you join to the Lord? You become one spirit. Now, you got to understand that word spirit is small, small letter. Now, that's, that's very important. You become one small s, spirit. And the word spirit is the same as soul. Or mind. See? So you got to understand that's what God made you. He brought us back. Now, I'm going to show you how he did it. Now, I'm going to do this quickly. Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians because I want to get to Genesis chapter 1. Let's go back to Ephesians. We start off there. Ephesians chapter 5. And this is why when you, when you teach marriage, uh, this is what happens in marriage. God makes you one. And you have to know what you mean by one. All right? Because if you're not born, of, when you're born of the spirit of the living God, God makes you one spirit. See, he did that at the altar. What you, you know, when people say, I want to get married, first of all, are you saved? Is Christ in you and Christ in them? See, first of all, you can't ever be one if Christ in them and Christ not in you. So you got to understand, you gotta, that's what you're supposed to be working on. You're talking about I'm going to get married. You want to get work on your salvation. I want to make sure Christ is in me and Christ is in her. Because if you don't, and people sit by and let their family and children marry folk know they ain't saved. You got to hurry up and preach. Because first of all, if that man is not saved, then the spirit of that man will be in your children. See, that's what people want. Once they get saved, pray for my child, I can't do nothing with him. Uh, wonder where he got that spirit from. Okay, so you better make sure you minister to your family. You got a man that don't believe in Christ, want to marry a woman that believes in Christ. You got to listen to this message. And then you want those people, those children to be in the Lord. How are they going to get in the Lord? You got to get the parents in the Lord too. All right? Because that, this is what happened with Adam and Eve. When I said, when I go back to Genesis, and when I said this to you, and this is what I said to you, Cain was the child of the devil. And most people are like, what? You didn't read that? Just put that down. I'm going to take it there next. I'm going to show you. Let me give, put it down. I'm going to give you these scriptures. John 8, 44. And then we'll go, we're going to take you from there, John 8, 44 until 1 John chapter 3. That's all I know. I don't know exactly where I'm going to go in 1 John, but it talked about not as Cain. So we're going to go there. Uh, if you find it, just hold it till I get there. And, and we'll start off with John 8, 44. And he told Israel, the people of Israel, you are of your father the devil. And then he's going to tell you in 1 John who the, who the devil, who your father the devil was Cain. And he told you Cain was the child of the devil. That's why I told you, you go back to who Lucifer is, you'll find out that Lucifer was Pharaoh. And hopefully I get a chance to do that. I told you to read Ezekiel. You read Ezekiel, you'll see it. Or you're going to tell you that's who Pharaoh was. He was a fault. See, you got to understand, that spirit was in all those people, Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, all those kings, of Grecians, and uh, all those people. See, that's what you understand. You got to go to the Grecians. It came down to the Romans. That's where that spirit of the devil went. Even when Jesus Christ chose 12 disciples, watch what he says. And one of them is a, is a devil. So you got to understand, this, this is not strange. The devil means the son of Cain. Cain was born through the wisdom of Pharaoh. So if you go back instead of that, that's what she lusted after. Wisdom. And that's what she got it from a corrupted angel which was in, in Pharaoh, in the flesh. And that's what she got her wisdom from. And that's why God said, don't eat of the tree. See, he's not talking about no, no tree out there in the yard. He's talking about here. See, those are two trees in the earth. And James, James told us you have the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above, and the wisdom from the earth. 
So you had the wisdom from Pharaoh, uh, who was the devil, and that, that, that wisdom that gets, come from false prophets and people who don't know that since he is not saved and God didn't put him here, you are eating from a corrupt tree. See all these things in the Bible, you just look at the word. Matthew chapter 7, a corrupt tree cannot bring forth good fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth corrupt tree. A tree is known by its own fruit. See, just read the word. It's full of the word. All right, so that's all you got. Hold that till I get there. Let's do Ephesians right now, chapter number five. See, that word, that word is already in there. And you got to know when you, see, you got people, they want to go sit in churches and they don't even know what they're eating. They wonder why they never change. How are you going to change when the word is corrupted? From the person you're sitting under, the person is corrupted, and the word you're getting is corrupted, and people still sit up in the house about, well, I've just been over here for so long time with that, and the hearse keep rolling, rolling. All right, so Ezekiel, I mean, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going we're gonna to do verses. I'm not going to be able to do it at all. And verse 23, we're going to go to uh, Ephesians 5 and 23. Now, if you get a chance, you want to write down 1 Corinthians 11 and 3 and 7 through 9. If I get a chance, I'll show it to you. All right, 1 Corinthians 11 and 3 and, and 7 through 9, 1 Corinthians 11. All right, now let's go verse 23. We are, in, we are in Ephesians 5 and 23. All right, it says, for the husband is the head of the wife. Now, he's talking about it was first first the man and then the woman. And when, God, when he said the husband and the head of the wife, remember, the Bible's about Christ. So he's teaching a, a, a marriage to show you Christ and the church. So you got to understand, he's using natural to teach you the spiritual because you got to know the natural before you can see the spiritual. And God uses the natural to show you the spirit. So, okay, so first, uh, Ephesians 5, 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, even as, even as, Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. So, so Christ's responsibility was to save the body. All right? Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives, the wives be to their own husband in everything. So he's telling you this. He's using, he's not really teaching marriage. He's showing you marriage so he can show you Christ in the church. All right, now let's go over to verse number 27. Verse 27, Ephesians 5, 27, that he might present it. This is what Christ had to do with Israel. He had to present them, that he might present it with a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Then he's going to go, so all men to love their wives and their own bodies. He that loved his wife loved himself. For no man yet ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it, cherished it, even as the Lord of the church. So you have to understand, when he's looking at the church, he's looking at his own body. That's what Christ called his church, his body. The next verse will tell you, we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. We are members. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. They too shall be one flesh. So that's what happened when you get married. You became one flesh. And if you stay together long enough, you can discern what's in, the, in your partner's, uh, your husband or wife's body if anything is wrong. Because you're one flesh. All right, now in the next verse, it is say this, verse 32, this is a great mystery. Now he's giving you all of this because he said, but I'm, I'm talking about Christ in the church. So all the other stuff he's teaching you, he's using that, the natural, to show you Christ and the church. That's why the most strongest person that pray for you in your married life is your husband or is your wife. That's why you want to make sure that person's saved. So what happens if you marry a person ain't saved? The greatest person to pray for you in your marriage relationship is your wife or your husband. I have never, ever seen, my wife will tell you, I can pray for my wife just like this, she, it, it happened. She prayed for me just like this. Because we won. 
See? And so that's what you got to understand. That's why. Now, I'm going to show you when God created Eve, he created Eve to be something. You're going to write this down. To be a help meet. So my wife is to help me. She is to help me to be who God called me to be. It's not taking nothing from her. She is my glory. So, but, her, but what she have to do is not focus on her, but focus on me. Help me to be who God called me to be, and guess what? She gets the glory. Because when God makes me wealthy, guess who I makes wealthy? Everything I get is hers. I'm showing you Christ in the church. So when you give him glory, when you give him glory, well, who gets the glory? You the glory. The woman's the glory of the man. So when you glory in the Lord, you get the glory. Because you are the body of Christ. Whatever God has is yours. Whatever I have is my wife. Amen? All right, that's how, that's how the church works. That's how the body of Christ works. Now, let's go to work because I, I left off this morning and I was about to show you Genesis, I think, wasn't it? Ah, oh, hallelujah. The, okay, the stuff you got right there, if you got a script, you have to tell me. I can't just... John 8, 44. Thank you very much. You, your job is to, like Faye did earlier, John 8, 44, that's your job. That's what stops me. I, I don't understand. Da, 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 da. John 8, 44. Remember, I'm on a green light. I've been up all night. Pretty much. <laughs> Saturday night, God talked to me, just talked to me, and I just lay there. Okay. You know I got to get up in the morning. I prayed at 1230. All right. My wife said, where you going? I said, I'm just coming out of prayer. All right. John chapter 8, verse 44. Here it is. You are of your father, the devil. Now, wonder, wonder why, watch what he said to them. They could not understand God's word. And he's going to tell them why they cannot understand God's word. They cannot even receive God's word. And that's what you got to understand. When a person has a spirit of the devil, he don't want God's word. Why do you not understand my speech? Verse 43. Even because you cannot hear my word. You are your father the devil. Now these were children of Cain he was talking to. They were called Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, but they were really the children of the devil. That's why they came at the same time Jesus was born, Cain was born. Christ is Abel. That's why you have Cain and Abel right here. You got to know who Christ is. He's Abel. He's compared to Abel. And what is Cain going to do to Abel? You already know. You read Genesis. Cain going to kill Abel. Why is he going to kill Abel? Because Abel works a righteous. Couldn't find no fault in Abel. Talking about Christ. You of your father the devil and the lust of your father you would do. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now, what do that tell you if he's a, mother, a, a, a murderer from the beginning? Talking about Cain, right? He murdered his brother Abel. Let me go on. Go on, Reverend. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When a person does not say, it's because there's no truth in him. You got to know the truth, and then, then you know the truth. The truth will make you free. But that's how you say by knowing the truth. Because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, watch this, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lies. This is how lies got into Israel through Satan, through the garden, Adam and Eve. All right. Now, I gave you something else we're going to go to. Let, let me back up to Matthew 13, 38 while I'm in this, this. And then I go to 1 John 3, 8, 10, and 12. You probably found it by now, right? All right, but anyway, let's go to Matthew 13, 38. I'm giving you all of these and show you why I know that 
Cain was a child of the devil. The Bible told me. I just had to find out who the devil was. And I can show you that in Ezekiel. Told you that's who, who Lucifer is. He's called the dragon, the serpent, the devil, all of it. And he told you that's Pharaoh. Because if the Pharaoh's in the garden, you got to understand the garden, that's why all these nations that you see over there in the earth, like, for example, Egypt. Egypt was there before Israel. So you had Babylon. They were there before, before Israel. God created Israel and put them in the middle. You get this morning tape, put them in the middle of the earth or the middle of where the Garden of Eden was that used to be Adam's. So he gave them that because that was his inheritance. What, what, what was all in the garden? All the wealth was in the garden. Why? Because it's a type of Christ. That was their inheritance. When Israel went to the promised land, when they went to the promised land, why was called the promised land? Because everything God promised was in the land. So God gave you Christ. He gave you everything he promised. So that's why Christ is God's promised land. You in Christ, you in the land. In Christ, you have everything God promised. If you're going to clap, don't, don't, don't paddicate. You, you're not doing that for me. You're going to give God some praise. All right. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. See, when you hear truth, you hear truth. Matthew, that's why you know the truth. It makes you free. Matthew chapter 13. See, that one of the things that God said to me was, and he just said it right now. He said, Pastor, there's a lot of people that started out with you that are not with you now. Because they're not with you because they were really not of you. If they had a bit of you, they would remain. See, a whole lot of folks start out with this church. That's why it doesn't bother me. I came from over there on uh, Lookout. A whole lot of folks at Lookout did not go to Elizabeth Lake. A whole lot of folks at Elizabeth Lake did not come here. And we are not done. See, I already know how it's going to work. Already, it's already known. Won't be long, we're going to pay the church off. And the, yeah, it's going to happen. And by the way, let me say this here. We already under, under 900,000. So like I said, it's going to happen. We right around a little over nine, right in that area, 900 something thousand. Around the nine though. But by the end of this year, we're going to drop under, under the nine. Put it like that. Well, well, if that's if that's the case, once that's up, once that happens, and then watch this. After we pay it off, brother, there we go. There, he gonna put a new dome on here. We're gonna put one of the metal dome, just like our gym. Gonna put a metal dome. I, after after we pay that metal, after we pay the metal dome on, we gonna have him to raise the roof. That's in the front. See, some of y'all coming in front and wonder why I know it's sticking down. Because we have to raise to the second floor. Ah. You go on this side, you can see the second floor with the raise. The front going to be raised to the second floor. It's not going to be a nose. And then on the left-hand side, what is going to be the new choir room, so they'll have everything in their room. They don't have to worry about coming to the sanctuary. They're going to have everything over there. That's going to be over there so they can be able to come down, come down the stairs right into the sanctuary. But they're going to be an enclosed. That, that ground over there that you see the curing play in, it's going to be enclosed. So you're going to go through that door over there right in there. There won't be no more water on the ground. See, there's a lot of things we got to do, but we got to pay off the first thing. So a lot of folks, they just, I ain't going, I ain't going, because they know. See, they, gonna, they think I want some money. I'm not trying to, I'm trying to give you something. <laughs> they don't understand. I'm not worried about it. I told you when I came over here, the first thing you have to understand with God is, did God tell you to do what he told you to do? And if God gave me the vision, then the, he gave me the pro. He gave me the pro to go with the vision. He never gave you a vision without providing for it. You just watch God. Somebody going to stand up in this church. Won't be long. Ain't going to say, Pastor, I got something for the church. I, don't, I believe it's going to happen because he let me see it to somebody else. 
I was watching television one day, Pastor Benny Hinn. That's probably 20 years ago. I've been watching Pastor Benny Hinn. He's not as old as I am, but he's been in the ministry as old as I have. And that, that man came to his church and said, I have an envelope. Pastor Benny Hinn said, well, you probably know how Pastor Benny Hinn act. And the man said, read the first one and then read the second one. The first one says, Pastor Benny Hinn, read to the church. This is to pay for your mortgage on your church. I, I'm telling you, my, you remember that, honey? Pay for your mortgage on the church. And once he saw that, he's going like, you know how Benny Hinn do. I wanted to go there. He exploded. Just like I will be. And then after that, he said, now open the other one up. He said, now this one is to pay off your home, Benny. See, listen, listen, I'm not moved. I've, I know something is going on in my life. Listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Next year, this time, I'll be 75. And guess what? Guess what? And the following year, I'll be passing 40 years. Now, something about the 75 and the 40. I don't know what's going on, what God doing. I ain't prophesying. All I know is I kind of feel like I get that feeling like he's getting ready to do something in my life. Let's move on. Let's move on. I just share you with some stuff. I'm letting you know it. Pastor ain't moved by nothing. I got that word. I'm just telling you right now. I got that word. The stuff you get in here right now, people will pay big money to find out this stuff. Somebody can go crawl looking at the way I'm going. Come look at this. This man knows our, where we came from. This man knows why God put us there. Man know a lot of stuff. This man know a lot of stuff. But it ain't I, like Paul said, but it's the grace. <laughs> the Holy Ghost, baby. All right. Now let's go to work. Matthew chapter 13. Thank you for allowing me that little time. Matthew chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 38. Matthew chapter 13. In verse 36, he talked about the parable of the field. Verse 37, he showed the parable. He said, he that sowed the good seed is the son of man. Now, this right here is showing you what happened to God. Showing us what? What happened to God. Uh, the parable of the, of the tales, what happened to God. Because verse 36 said the parable of the tales of the field. And we know the field is the world. Verse 37, he answered and said to them, he that sowed the good seed is the son of man. Now the good seed was Adam. And Adam had a son called Abel. But then there was another son in the garden. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. That was Abel and Seth. Matter of fact, he killed Abel, so it had to be now Seth. But the tales of the children of the wicked one. Well, you got to know who the wicked one is. Cain is that wicked one. It said, next verse, and the enemy that sold them, Cain, is the devil. See, Cain was the devil's seed. The harvest is the end of the world that already passed, and the reapers are the angels. That's why when they came, they came to destroy the children of Cain. And verse number 30, verse 40 says, As therefore the tales are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be at the end of this world. And that's why people still think it's fun. You don't have no children of Cain no more. Let me say it again. You don't have any children of Cain no more. All right. You don't have no, you don't have no children of Seth. No children of Cain. They gone. All right. Let's move on. Now, let's go down to 1 John 3, 8. Now, mark in your Bible, because I probably would never go over this again, as long as I'm passing. I'm going to refer you to somebody in here in this service. Like y'all do me, just call my pastor. That, that's all they said, Ms. Crump. Just call my pastor. And I'm going like, what did they say? They just said, you know, just call you. Is that right? 
See, what I should say, just call them back. I'm in 1 John 3, 8, right? All right, now let's look at this, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. We're going to come to your camera again. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. Now I'm going to start verse 7 because John is ministering to the Jews, to the church of God, okay? Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he's righteous. He that committed sin, now he's not talking about he did something. He's talking about serving. That's why I told you, you serve God with your mind. He that serves sin is the, is the devil, is of the devil. He that serves sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. Now, why is he talking about the devil? Because he gave me to show you about, he gave me to give the revelation of Matthew chapter 3, the tales. So he says, he that committed sin is of the devil, and the devil sinned from the beginning, talking about Genesis 4, 8. For, the purpose, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, with the works of the devil, it was murder, which was sin. All right? Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For his seed, Christ, now he's talking about the newborn birth person, because his seed remain in him, Christ, and he cannot see in Christ because he's born of God. See, so you are the body of Christ. Now, in verse 10 says, in this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth righteousness is not of God. Doeth not righteousness is not of God. He's talking about doeth, believeth. Neither is he that loveth his brother. Loveth not his brother. Now, in verse 11, we're going to get there. For this is the message that you heard from the book of Genesis, chapter 4, verse 8. Cain killed Abel, that we should love one another. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one. Y'all see that, don't you? Cain was of that wicked one. He was of the devil. And he slew his brother. Wherefore, why did he slew him? Because his own work were evil and his brother was righteous. That's who Christ was. He was righteous. All right. Now, while I, while I got you that far, I, may, I, I might as well uh, stay on course, Reverend. I'd be like to show you. I got to show you who the devil is now because you'd be like, lay down. Pastor, who is that devil? Because, see, we've been, we've been lied to about the devil. All right. Let's go to, uh, remember, uh, I want somebody to find this here. The, Jesus says he had 12 disciples. And one of them, watch this, is a devil. So you don't have to, you don't have, this is not hard. Person that don't have the spirit of God. Is, 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 that's how you, you go from a child of, God, child of the devil to the child of God. We were born sinners. Adam made us sinners. Well, let me show you that first chapter five of Romans. I'm headed to, I'm headed to my message. Uh, Okay, you have to talk louder. I just can't. Okay. I need to maybe start getting y'all a mic. All right. Now, I know, I'm going to say that about my sister because I know she can can get over she want to get over. Let me move up. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now, you said John, John chapter 6, verse 7? Oh, see what I'm saying? Sabine. All right. All right. Now, now you, uh, you, just, you want to give me that. I'm trying to find something else. All right. Let me go and do that while I'm there. John chapter 6, verse 7. Are you there? John chapter 6, verse 7, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen twelve, and one of you is a devil. And the next verse told you who it was. I mean, God not scared of you. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray Jesus, being one of the twelve. He chose 12 disciples and he knew, he already knew one of those were a devil. Now, this is very important because that's how God operates. All right, I'm not going to get into all this other stuff, but let's go. 
Now, I need to go to work. Uh, I gave you already this morning, 2 Corinthians 5. I'm not going back there in 17. Therefore, when a man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Let's go to Genesis 1:27. Got to go to work. Anything I got out there, you need to shout now. What, what do you just say? Oh, that's the first thing I didn't hear. Thank you. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Thank you. I'm doing this here because this is what God talked about the church and make sure that the devil do not deceive you. 1 Corinthians 11, 3. But I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man. Now see, this is just talking about Ephesians, talking about the woman supposed to submit herself to her husband. That's what you got to understand, you go out and marry this man and you know he's not saved, don't believe in your God, and then, the, then you turn around trying to live for God and, and he could turn around and tell you, well, you know you're supposed to submit. And you can go like, well, I, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to do this. I don't supposed to do nothing. I don't believe in your God. And he can't do it if he wanted to. So when the, that's why I, I, I counsel people and they come to me and say, Pastor Quan, is it right, is it right to do this here? Is it right to do that? I'm going like, well, the Bible said, if God joined together. God is not joining everybody together. So you have to make sure that if that person not saved, God not doing that. They're just somebody you want. All right. But you can turn to the Lord like myself, my wife and I. I mean, I mean, we live the life we shouldn't live. God had to save us for real. Amen? And you have to understand that they're going to both have to work together. When I, when I turned to the Lord all my heart, I told my wife, I said, right now you're just being religious. That's what I told her. Because she was an usher. Don't mess with that. All right, I won't bother this time. Let me move on. <laughs> well, I skipped that part, but I said this to her. When I turned to the Lord, I told her this. I said, when I turn to the Lord, we're going to church every Sunday. Yep. Did I tell you that? Every Sunday. We're not missing nothing. Bible, are you kidding? You're going to be at every, I see. We're going to be at every Bible class, every Sunday school. Sunday school, Bible class, every Sunday. I'm going to show you. We have a stop. All right? And that's what the man's supposed to do when he takes the leadership. All right. First Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 7. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be able to read it up. Verse 7 says, a man indeed ought not to cover his head for as much as he is the image and the glory of God. And he's talking about Christ. Only one man with the image and glory of God, that was Christ. Let's go to Genesis. I can't mess with that anymore because I, gotta, I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of time. For, uh, 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 Genesis 127. I got 16 minutes and I got to give you a lot of words in 16 minutes. Genesis 127. So God created man in his own image. This is very important. You want to write these words down for the word man. Soul. God created man. Adam. Three words is the same word. Adam, soul, man. That's why Jesus came as son of man. Son of Adam. Or man with the soul. So that's why Jesus had to come. He was son of man, son of Adam, man with a soul. He could not die if he was not. Let me show you, hold your finger right there. Look at Isaiah 53. Come right back. If he did not, he could not have died. See, he never sinned. He just took our sin. So Isaiah chapter 53, and let's look at verse 10 and 11, just two verses. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So that's why if he had never been made sin, he could never have been made an offering for our sin. He shall see his seed. That's who Christ is. 
God shall see his seed, see his soul. And that's what soul is, seed. So that gave you four words. Adam, you need things where I'm going. So when you get there, if you don't have these notes I'm giving, you're not going to be able to know what I'm talking about. You got the word Adam, you got the word seed, you got the word soul, you got the word man. Four things mean the same thing. It pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. So in the garden, what did he say? My father, my father, what? Let this cup pass from me. From me. Nevertheless, not as I will, as thou wilt. What happened? My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. His soul was going to die. Spiritual death means separation from God. He had never been separated from the Father. Okay, Matthew 26, 38. I'm not going to be able to go to that. They can do it for the notes, though. He had made his soul an offer for sin. He shall see his seed, his soul. He shall prolong his day, and the pledge of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. He shall bear the iniquity. Well, he did it in his soul. All right. Now, now what else I have? I go to Genesis. We all right? But I, did I finish what I said? All right. Now, Genesis 1.27 is creation. Now, this is very important because I'm getting ready to go to Genesis 2, 7, and then I'm going to go to Genesis 2, 18. So you got to see. I'm going to show you, first of all, Adam and Eve were created at the same time. I'm going to come to this camera. God created Adam and Eve at the same time. Get this morning, tape. I may get a chance to church, church a little bit because I need to show it to you. It says in Genesis 1, 27, God created man. See the word man? In his own image. So, Adam is the same word as man, soul. What's the other one? Seed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God created man, Adam, in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Now, what did you just learn? I told you this morning if you were listening. Male and female is in the soul. It's not the physical body. God gave you the physical body because you had a female soul. That's why I used the word last week on perversion. See, you can pervert, but you got to understand it's to corrupt, it's to pervert. God made Eve a female. It make any difference what she do. In the flesh, she's still a female. That's why in the new covenant in, in Galatians 3.28, there is no more female. There's no more male. Because there's no more gender. How many heard what I just said? Because we talk about so. Watch this again. Creation has to do with gender. The new creation has to do with spirit, has to do with Christ in the church. And he could not have female, male in Christ because there would be gender. And if it was gender, it would be division. He only gave gender to, to Adam in the first creation, because in Adam, you had to have, you had to be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Well, that had to be flesh. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 through 22, in Adam all die. Because that is corrupted. That's why God destroyed the first creation. Because man had corrupted themselves up on the earth. That's why God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Man had corrupted themselves up on the earth. So God's new creation is not male and female. It's only in Christ. He put 
your soul in Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he puts your soul in Christ with him. So you are joined to him now. You've been made one with Christ. So that's why you got to understand your soul cannot be anything else. It's been made one with Christ. All right. He is your life of your soul. That's why you got to make sure Christ is in your soul. All right. Now, he created, once again, he created him male. He created him male and female. That means he put both genders in Adam. And the only way Adam can give birth to Eve, he got to die. So let's go and look at it. Let's go show you he formed them first. Genesis 2, 7. Adam going to be formed. He's going to form Eve, Eve later, but he's going to form Adam. See, he's done with Adam. Adam going to be created, but he got Eve in him. How many understand that? He, Adam is created, but he have male and female in him, in his soul. So God is going to take female out and put flesh on his rib and make her bones of his bone and flesh of his flesh. She's going to be called woman. Man with a womb. So you got to know what the word is in, his, in those Hebrew words, uh, you, male and female. That's natural. But it's called man with a, see, a woman is man with a womb. That's why a woman can whoop your behind. You don't think she can. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, no, she can't do it. That woman, that woman can whoop you if you wanted to. The only difference in a man and a woman is the woman have a womb. She's still strong like you are. She can do what you do if she wanted to. That's why God said to her, she has to submit herself to her husband. She, that's why he said that, because she don't really. She is as strong as he is. And if she didn't submit, you could not run that house. All right. So that's why you always buy gifts. Amen. That way you can thank her for letting you be and helping you to be who God called you to be. All right, because we know we got, we got some people in this Bible who would, didn't do that. I mean, they, they, they took advantage of their husband's weakness. All right, but we're going to move on. We're not going to talk about them. In verse 7, now we're going to get to verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathing to his nostrils the breath of life, man became a living soul. Well, man became a living soul. He was a dead soul. See, man was soul, but he was dead. He was cut off from God. But once God formed him, put him in the body of clay, breathing to his nostrils the breath of life, man became, or his soul became alive. How many follow me so far? All right, now look what happened after that. Man became a living soul. Now let's go down and let's look at verse number 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good. It's not good that the man should be alone. Where's the woman? In the man. That's creation. Creation is always invisible. When you form, you become visible. Did you hear what I just said? Let me show it to you. Hold your finger right here. Hold your finger right here. I'm going to show you two places. Uh, Job 30, 33 and 4. Job 33 and 4. This morning I gave Isaiah 43 and 1. You can get that later because I want to show you just one verse. Uh, Job, before the book of Psalms, chapter 33 and and verse 4, Job 33 and 4. The Spirit of God has made me. See it? 
the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the almighty has given me life. Isn't that what happened to Adam? He breathed into Adam nostril the breath of life and man became a living soul. So you have to understand, you have, that's why I told you you got for life with eternal life. But you don't have eternal life just because you go to church. You got to get it. First of all, let's name, the, let's name them. Number one, you have what life? In the beginning, God created man. He had the breath of life. That's the breath of life. That's the first one. Number two, it is blood, right? Leviticus 7, 11. Is that 17, 11? 11, 17. Thank you. You need to bargain your Bible so you can help me out, right? Why? Responsibility. Help me out, right? Verse 11. I'm sorry, 11, 17, right? 11 and 7. 7 11. Man, I'm, I don't want to call that name. I forgive me. Uh, but anyway, in, anyway, in, anyway, what was I saying? Life of the flesh and the blood. Leviticus 17 11. Thank you. Now you didn't write that in your Bible so you can help me out next time. That's what I meant. Leviticus 17 11. That is the life of the flesh and the blood, right? There's two life. Number three is what? The spiritual life. Now that's the spiritual life is Romans chapter 8 verse 3. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. So you got to have the spiritual life. That's when you're born again. You're born of the spirit. You got spiritual life. Now because you got spiritual life, you qualify when you leave this earth for what? Eternal life. Now you can live forever. You got spiritual life. So don't just stop because you breathe and think you're there. You just got one life. All right. Now I gave you Job. Let's go to Isaiah 43, 1, just, just quickly. How many enjoying the word? I hope so because you only got three minutes. How much time flies. Isaiah 43 and 1. But, but now thus saith the Lord that created thee. Now watch that that created thee, O Jacob. And he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Now what is, he, what is he talking about? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And then we're going to go back and close on chapter 2, verse number 18, quickly. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now you know who that is. Adam and Eve. I just showed it to you. I created Jacob. Let me show you uh, chapter 65 in your Bible. Let me show you who you can mark. I know, I know you got these things in your Bible. Let's go to Isaiah 65 and verse 17. I know you got that in your Bible, but I'm just going to do it again. For behold, I create new heaven. I want to make sure it's on the screen. Isaiah 65, 17. See, I just showed you he created Jacob. He created Israel. But he created also the temple and the people in Jerusalem. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former will shall not be remembered. Be glad and rejoice in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem. Told you. A rejoicing in her people of joy. And I will joy in Jerusalem and joy in her people. For the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in thee, nor the voice of crying. So you can see he created Jacob. You're not going to find nothing else. He created Jacob, Israel. He created the new heaven and the earth. So you see Israel, creation from Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And then you're going to go all the way to Revelation where you see that there was the end of the, the ending. Well, he came, got Israel. That's what the book of Revelation is about. Chapter 7, he got him out the earth, and he made them a new Jerusalem in chapter 22 of Genesis, uh, 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 Revelation. All right? They, they were the new heaven and new earth. All right? In the beginning, he created the heaven and earth, but he made them a new heaven and new earth through creation. How he do it? I gave it that Psalm 102. Let me show it to you. Psalm 102, he did that by creating them. That's why I'm going to be going on that next week. I'm not going to mess with that because, like I said, I want to give you that. I want to show you how he created uh, the woman. I'm just Psalms 102.18. Ah, get out of there. Psalm 102.18. 
Yeah, Psalm 102, verse 18. Yeah, I, I got it, Mark. It said, this shall be written in the generation to come. This was Israel. The people, talking about Israel, which shall be created, shall praise the Lord. Well, when were they going to be created? When the Lord returned. That's why I'm going to show you they had a resurrection. They had a transformation. Just like Enoch. Enoch was translated and God took him. So when I get to 1 Corinthians again, I'm going to show you that's how they were created. That'll be our next time. Genesis chapter 1, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make him and help me. Now, who is your help me now? Because you may not be married. It's the Holy Spirit. You need to write that down. You need to know who your helper is. You need some help. You don't have to call me. You get saved. You got the Holy Ghost. And the Lord God said, it's not good that man should be alone. I would make him a help meet. And out of the ground, out of the ground, just like he did man, out of the ground, the Lord God formed the beasts of the earth, field, fowls of the air, and everything and brought them to Adam. All, all the beasts came out of the, out of the ground, but not Eve. And, and whatever God would call it. And verse 20 says, and Adam gave names all the beasts. But the, verse 20 said, but they're not found a help me for him. Verse 21, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. Well, he didn't get Adam. Eve didn't come from the ground. Eve came from Adam. Adam came from the ground. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh. What happened to Adam? He died. Just like Christ. And while he was dying, while he was dead, God took out of Adam Eve. That's why you read Colossians, it'll say the operation of God. And the real was the Lord God has taken from man, made he a woman, and brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called Woman. My time is up. If you don't understand that it's called woman. That's what happened, happened when he first saw Eve. Woman. Got to say it all kind of way for y'all to get it. Hey, my time is up. Come on, stand up on your feet. Get a lot of great big hand. See, that's I, my newlywed old. They got two years. See, that's what he said when he see her walking down the aisle. Y'all don't know that that's Lou Rawls' nephew right there. Come on, listen. First Corinthians chapter 15 told you how to be saved. You got to preach Christ. I'm not done with this message. I'm going to take you and show you how Israel was raised. I'm going to show you the old covenant that prophesied their resurrection. I'm going to show you all of it. All right, but anyway, I'm going to show you how to be saved. First Corinthians 15 told you that Christ died for your sins. He was buried and God raised Jesus from the dead and now he's Lord. He is your Lord. So you have to understand something. He is, don't let people, see this is what people do. They'll say, oh no, I don't believe this stuff. Christ ain't, Christ has not come back yet. Well, if he had not come back, he's not Lord in Christ like the Bible said. And you cannot get him to do anything. And listen, Christ sits on the throne right now. Christ is both Lord. He is both Christ. All power is given to him. And let me tell you something. If you would talk to him, he will help you. Let me tell you, all the things that he's already given you, he's already provided for you, he gave you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in your life is to help you. He is your helper. The Holy Ghost is there to help you. Everything you need in your life, he will help you do it. You don't have to go out here and get nobody to do anything. Talk to the Father. He has given you a helper to be with you forever. You need a job, he'll help you get a job. He'll let you, help you get another job. He'll help you get the best job. He'll help you with your wisdom and your knowledge on everything in your life. He will help you. Hey, my time is already gone, man. I thank God for giving us Jesus. I thank God for giving us the Holy Ghost. I thank God for giving us his precious blood. My time is up and I thank you for yours.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.